Hi, ladies. Welcome to our podcast, The Millennial Girl Way, the podcast that highlights real millennial women doing the damn thing. Today on our show, we have special guest Brittany Cole, the founder of the professionalism and image consulting business, Style by Brit. Brittany does speaking engagements as well as one-on-one coaching for those who seek personal development. This encompasses everyone from professionals who feel that they are either not representing themselves well to professionals who feel that they are not receiving the recognition that they deserve. Her platform has helped many overcome barriers in both professional and personal life. So Britt, how and when did you first realize that your passion was for helping others with their personal and professional development? Yeah, am a big believer and really kind of live by the motto that every experience um, is an opportunity for continuous improvement, whether we feel like it's a positive experience or a negative one. And so I really got into uh, where I am now through, I think, how, kind of how most people get into to or at least start with kind of following your passion. So I have always had a passion for fashion. And so I actually started out um, just sharing what I love, which is faith and fashion. So I actually started out doing personal styling and I really had this vision of serving the everyday woman to help her really upgrade her look, her life and her leadership through personal styling. And so that's really how I got started. Um, like I mentioned, I've always loved fashion and, and clothes and putting looks together. And so I was doing that for other women and it quickly became this conversation in a dressing room or at someone's home about not just helping them, you know, with their look, but helping them, you know, with their communication or they were being promoted and they wanted, you know, advice about, you know, really showing up beyond just what they had on in the workplace. And so, you know, I always with having a marketing background, you know, the market will tell you what it wants. And so I made a pivot at the end of 2017 to really be more expansive in my approach to really serve from the lens of personal branding, executive presence, and helping diverse millennials show up better in the workplace. And so it started out with fashion, but um, now, like, like you mentioned, I'm doing more of career coaching and consulting and uh, speaking. Wow. I, I love how organic that is, you know, you speaking to women and, you know, your passion pretty much pivots into this amazing idea. Um, so when you decided that you wanted to um, help other, you know, young professionals kind of develop their own personal um I guess, brand or image within the workplace and the workforce, were you still uh, working at your marketing firm or did you kind of pivot away from that and just create your own brand? Yeah, so great question and extremely timely. So I have been in the pharmaceutical space for the last almost 12 years. I started out in pharmaceutical sales and quickly um, moved up the ladder. Um, I started out in Nashville, Tennessee and ended up um, accepting a promotion after my sales experience to do brand management in New York. So I absolutely love that experience. Um, it was re- really, really amazing and eye-opening um, from the from the lens of really understanding the way branding truly works. And so I have, like I mentioned, been with my corporate organization for the last 12 years. I'm actually in a transition right now. So my last day of work was last Friday. Oh. So I actually, it, yeah, I spent this past week, like first week 
in full-time entrepreneur mode, which has been um, really, really awesome. And so I am excited about the transition. I'm looking forward to, you know, moving out of the side hustle space of, you know, you're trying to leverage your mornings and your evenings, your lunch break, your weekend. Up until this point, I've been, you know, living the side hustle life and, you know, servicing clients um, after work or before work. I mean, I feel like that is something that, you know, me and Bray are going through now as well, trying to figure out time for the side hustle and not having enough time or, you know, days where work just yeah. is takes over. So that's really cool. Congratulations on being able to actually step out of that and, you know, do your own thing full time at this point. Um, Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, one thing I'll say on that, I, I think... Oftentimes as millennials, you know, that that's the sexy place to be, right? We, we um, operate, I think, generationally from this place of purpose and this place of wanting to have expansive value in the world and feeling like sometimes our job, our day job, our nine to five doesn't provide that. And one thing that I'll say is that I know that every experience that I had in my corporate job has prepared me for this moment. And that if I didn't leverage my my day job experience, if you will, I wouldn't be ready for where I am now. So I just say that as a, you know, for, for you ladies and also obviously for your audience, um, and even as a reminder to myself that, you know, there are experiences that if you are strategic about leveraging your nine to five, um, that will help you scale your five to nine to become your full-time job. So like even for me, you know, the marketing opportunity, being able to, you know, go to Mountain View and spend a week at Google, like that helped me with Style by Brit, but I got that experience through my corporate job. You know, whereas now I'm like, when I want those personal professional development experiencing, I'm experiences, I'm putting that bill. Whereas, you know, when you're working for an organization, oftentimes they're, you know, funding that professional and personal development for you. So I would just say, you know, leverage that and be very strategic how you navigate um, that as an opportunity, you know, until you're able to make that full-time jump. Right, exactly. So that leads to my next question, you know, so you're very big on personal and professional development. Early in your career, did you kind of have experiences that made you really want to work on your own personal development and that kind of you know, gave you the passion for helping other people? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I actually started out um, working at Pfizer through a, an organization called Inroads. Mm -hmm. So I love Inroads and always shout out Inroads when I'm talking about my career because I wouldn't have had my career without Inroads. So for those that don't know, Inroads is a professional development organization that seeks to develop and retain diverse um minority youth in business and industry and prepare them for corporate and community leadership. And so I was literally, I feel like groomed for corporate America through inroads. They used to have a pre-college component that I was fortunate enough to be a part of. So like as a junior in high school, I can remember going through, you know, ACT prep, Toastmasters for public speaking, and then coming into the college prep program and spending summers at LDI, which is their Leadership Development Institute. So everything about that organization really prepped me for corporate America. And I was able to see very early on the, competi the competitive advantage that I had because I had spent so much time developing professionally through that organization. So I, I've always kind of had this um, 
desire to really pay that forward to say, you know, I've learned so much about, you know, how to present myself, how to interview. I mean, everything from, I would say, every corner of being able to navigate your career that I've always felt like is, you know, almost an opportunity and almost a a duty to me to, to pass that forward. And so I'm able to do that um, now through Style by Brit, we're in the midst of a other rebrand, and so I'm looking forward to that soon. But yeah, it's really I feel like always been a part of the of, of the fabric of who I am. But then I've definitely had experiences, you know, working in corporate, especially being the youngest and the only. So those that work in you know very corporate uh, conservative corporate environments, like the one that I was in in pharma you know, those experiences, when you look around the room and you're the youngest in the room, you're the only, you know, black person in the room, you're the only black woman in the room, like those experiences almost help to prepare you to say, you know, how can I get a step ahead and what external or internal resources can I leverage to help me do that? So I can either move up the ladder here or leverage my experience to be able to transition out to another organization or to another industry. So. Yes, love professional development. How did you, so, you know, once you realize, you know, this is something um, that you're good at, finding the audience and others to actually coach through their own personal development, how did you go about finding your first few clients? Yeah, great question. So I would say um, two things. One, you know, sharing your, I think, expertise oftentimes will attract your, your, your target. So I think you have to do, you know, one, I think you have to do the homework to understand, you know, what you bring to the table, what, what your expertise is, and then just sharing that. So I started out, I would say just very organically around just sharing, you know, tips on showing up and leveling up in the workplace that really, you know, and when, when you share that on any platform, Instagram, LinkedIn, I think is a great, often underutilized platform, especially in the professional development space. Um, when you do that, then it attracts like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody will say, oh, yeah, I'm struggling with that too. Or, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, be prepared for an interview as well. And here's someone that's sharing tips on how to do that. Um, and then I think just that organically turns into, you know, you being able to bring in clients. And I would say the second thing would be to, especially if you're in the service, service-based business, I think you, you, you need a good coach. You need someone that can show you that's, you know, at least two to three levels above where you are that can show you how to, to how to get to where you want to be. And so I have invested in coaching myself with, you know, one particular expert, and, and I'll share, um, I'll just go ahead and share her and, and her resource now, but uh, Marshawn Evans-Daniels, she's a reinvention strategist, and she is my coach, and so she has helped me with the strategy around how to, you know, build my clientele, how to, you know, get speaking engagements and pitch and all of that, so I think investing in, you know, a coach has really helped me in my own business as well. Awesome. I mean, and and that's something that also, you know, I think that as millennials, we kind of don't understand how important that is. You know, we come from the generation of just trying to figure things out yourself and, you know, so much access to information through the computers and stuff like that. And I think that 
getting that mentorship and really building those connections outside of the virtual world is something that we kind of lack sometimes or don't have enough confidence to really go after. So um, I think that that's a great point about, you know, seeking out an actual mentor or coach to really help you through and get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, going into that, working with young millennials, did you ever struggle to, you know, get your ideal customer to pay for your services? Yes, definitely. So um, I would say, you know, one of the things that I've learned about really pricing is, is that people can't really pay you what you're worth. So I think one, there's a mindset around, around worth um, and about, and around pricing, right? So you know, people will invest in value, right? And when you are able to show the value of what you're offering, then you're able to leverage the price, that dollar amount to your target so that they, so that, so that they are bought in. But I think that only happens when you're strategic about one, you know, knowing what you're offering, having an offer that people want and knowing what that is, and then positioning it in a way that you're always talking about the, 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 the benefit and the transformation that's on the other side of someone opting into that service or product, because that's really what people are buying. So they're not buying your, you know, your course, your class, your, your ebook, your PDF, you know, whatever it is that you're selling, they're not buying that. They're buying the transformation that's on the other side of that. So when you get very strategic about your messaging in terms of really speaking that language of whatever that transformation is or whatever that solution is that you're providing, then you're able to attract your ideal client at whatever the price point is because they're looking for that that transformation. Now, of course, you want to do your due diligence in terms of, you know, research and, you know, competitive lands landscape to make sure your your pricing is realistic but at the same time I think especially when it comes to um, service-based businesses there is a there is a there's strategy there's messaging and then there's mindset when it comes to pricing and I'll have to share with you you know as a woman of faith I believe that our you know our transformation as far as being able to work from a place of purpose really comes through us leveraging our gifts. So those things that we are just naturally good at, that feel easy to us, that sometimes we don't even recognize as our gifts because we just do it, but other people find challenge in in doing it. And so um, as a woman of faith, I have in the past felt like, felt almost kind of like bad about, you know, charging people for something I do well. So let me just give you a tangible example, like speaking. Um, Speaking is a gift of mine. And so I, I speak, I, I still speak for free, right? Um, <laughs> um, in, in the right setting. But I'll say, you know, I felt like in the beginning bad about like, oh, I'm, I'm going to charge somebody to, and it's like, yes, I'm right now. And so I, Marshawn helped me get over that to where now I have the mindset of, you know, someone isn't necessarily paying me for my hour of time, but what they're paying me for is my preparation, my experience, and my expertise and the transformation that I'm going to help their audience receive as a result of hearing my hour talk. So I think, you know, again, that, that pricing piece, um, one, again, going back to the value of a coach and a mentor, Marshawn has been exceptional for me and really helping me um, change my mindset around that. So I think the mindset piece is first, and then you have to have a resource, um, an offer that's a value, and then you have to strategically place it in the market so you can position it at the profit uh, that you want. 
I love these little gems um, that you've received from your coach because I think, you know, just as Shay said, um, you know, especially for millennials having someone to kind of guide us through the process, um, you know, we're not, we're a little hesitant to ask for help and to seek out uh, guidance. With you, um, you know, realizing that the value that you bring to others, what are some of the things that you uh, do to help continuously grow and improve um, on your platform? Yeah, so I would say, you know, on the theme of showing up, and I often say this when I'm speaking about personal branding, that, you know, oftentimes as millennials, when we hear personal branding or personal brand, we think about our Instagram feed and our Facebook and our digital platform. And I believe that you should show up better in real life than you show up online. Like people shouldn't be able to say, oh, I was scrolling, you know, I met this person that, you know, I was initially acquainted with on Instagram and like, they're like, just like they are, you know, they're even better in person. Like, yeah, I should be better in person, right? Because yeah. my online, my, my online presence is just a snippet. It's a representation of all that I am in person. So I say that because I think that we have to, as millennials, do a better job of putting ourselves in in-person environments that allow us to develop and grow and have that iron sharpening of iron experience. And so for me, just some like recent examples of that, I um, just recently got back from two awesome conferences. And so um, one was Black Enterprises Forward Conference. And so they just recently rebranded their, uh, their entrepreneurship and small business conference to Forward FWD down in Charlotte. So I just got back from that. And then um, I went to BYOB this year for the first time. So build your own brand. Um, Drew and his team does an exceptional job of really having experts that are teaching valuable information that you can go and implement and see results in your business. And so um, those are just two examples of conferences that I've been to recently. I am still in probably my, I want to say maybe my fourth or fifth paid experience with my coach. So either, you know, a live event with Marshawn, I'm in her She Profits beta cohort where like we just had our coaching call on Thursday of this week with her. And so that is an ongoing investment that I make that helps me with my business. Um, and then I'm really big on books. And so there are, um, I try to get into a quarter. Um, I'm hoping to be able to up that a little bit now that I, I don't have the full-time job. But I think, you know, having that, again, that mindset, kind of how I started with of, you know, continuously improving and always looking to learn. And there are tons of ways to do that, but those are just a few that, um, that I, I leverage. And, you know, looking at your, you know, your page online, I was able to see that you have done some partnerings with retail brands and, and corporate organizations. Um, did you always want, you know, kind of have that outlook for your business? Did you want that to be the path that you pursued? I would, I would say no, you know, like I mentioned, I really started out just saying, hey, like, I want to help everyday women show up better. And really, the start of that showing up better is your look. I mean, people will, you know, look at you and they'll make a judgment before you even open your mouth. So I wanted to help women from that avenue. So the style piece and then the deeper substance. And so as I got into more of the substance, I really saw an opportunity to leverage really retail brands to be able to say like with J crew, for instance, I did an event with them where I said, okay, I'm going to bring in, you know, 40 women 
to host a fashion show to help them level up their work look? You know, will you provide the space? Will you provide, um, you know, the, the food and the, and the after hours access? Um, so I've been able to be more strategic around finding brands that align with what I'm trying to do and then really leveraging my audience to have those partnerships. Um, and then obviously with speaking, most of those um, engagements are, you know, with colleges or with conferences where I'm able to come and share with um, organizations, um, either employees, if it's a, a corporate organization or a college or their, um, or their audience. Okay. And, you know, just with doing that, right, that's, that's furthering helping to build your platform and, you know, get your name out there and notoriety. Have there been some obstacles that you've encountered along the way with that? Absolutely, yes. So I would say, you know, from a professional standpoint, and I'm still very much in the mindset of um, having an employer um, uh, through my through my pharma company, and I'll, I'll say, you know, from that lens again, just really being the youngest in the room and the only in the room, you know, oftentimes initially provided an obstacle until I really understood the power of uh, this kind of unwritten corporate language of executive presence. And, and, and executive presence is really about, you know, how, how you show up. It's this kind of three dimensions of your, you know, your style, your substance, and then your communication. And so once I really understood that and started really being strategic around personal branding at work in real life with people, um, that really helped me get over the obstacle of, well, no, you're the youngest or you haven't been here long enough or you have to wait your turn or, you know, I was really able to position myself to say, nope, I've been in this role two years and now I'm ready for my promotion and being able to, to execute and to get that promotion um, in the workplace. I would say as well, you know, another obstacle from a, from a personal perspective has been around, you know, of course, relationships. And so I know your audience is women. Um, I'm married now, but I would say, you know, especially early on in my career, really um, making sure that I knew myself enough to be able to share myself with someone else. So I think, you know, sometimes as women, we're so eager to get into a relationship before we really understand who we are, oh my gosh, what we yes. like, and what we bring to the <laughs> so you know, not to not to swerve to the to the to the personal. But I have to share that you know that that was an obstacle for me early on before I was married. It's like okay, you know, I have this boyfriend and this guy, you know, that I'm thinking is my husband, but you know, I also have these career goals and this side hustle and all of this stuff. And I, I've le I've learned, and now when I'm looking back on on my life um, in my twenties and my thirties now, but I'm like, yeah, I I didn't know myself well enough, you know thinking that I wanted that then, you know, and I, and I really wasn't at a place um, of maturity and wisdom to really know what to do with it when I got it. So I, I would say that's an obstacle that I've had to overcome. Um, and then the last one I would say has just been around, I think just, you know, personal and family road bumps that sometimes we encounter, whether it be, you know, in, it impacting our professional life or our businesses you know, and so for me, um, personally, it was, you know, me losing my mother was a big, big obstacle for me in 2017. It's, it's been a little over two years now. And so for me, um, going through that unexpected loss and really having a, a deeper understanding of um, just my faith 
and how I, I've really grown a lot from that perspective of not just having faith in my faith, like that wasn't good enough, but truly really understanding, you know, the, the provider of my faith and, and leaning on God to really help me um, in those tough moments that really almost made me, you know, say, forget style by Brit, I'm not doing any of this, you know, you, you go through those emotions through the grieving process. But um, I think really having a deeper level of faith now and really knowing what I know and who I know from a different lens, I think has really helped me overcome those obstacles. Yeah. Um, first, I want to say, you know, I'm sorry to hear about your loss. And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, pivot this to too personal, but I think that, you know, especially for younger Black women, having a certain amount of resilience is very important in mm-hmm. this world, period, because we encounter so many different things, not just only from, you know, the sexism half, but there's also the racism half. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure for us to be very strong. Um, yeah. And, you know, going back to what you were saying about understanding yourself and how important that is to know before you start getting into relationships. Um, Just for some of your clients, how much do you really infuse the personal um, with the professional? Because, you know, as women as well, again, relationships can kind of sometimes derail you from your, your path and, you know, get you all jumbled up. So how, how often do you really attack the personal side with your, with your clients? Yeah. So I, I believe that it's all infused. So I would concisely answer that question a hundred percent of the time, but let me explain what I mean. So I believe that when we show up in the workplace, whether we admit it or not, we bring all of ourselves. So we bring all of our grief, we bring all of our, you know, religious beliefs, we bring all of our hangups, our issues, we bring all of that. Um, We learn how to compartmentalize and how to navigate through it, but all of it is a part of our experience and it's a part of what we bring to the table. And so I think the way that I infuse it with my clients is one, helping them understand that there isn't this separation. There isn't this like, this is my personal life. This is my professional life. This is my love life. This is my, like, I, <laughs> I tried to live that and it's just not real. Yeah. It's just not real. And, and, and that, that's really one of the things that um, my mother's passing has taught me because I was going, I was walking into 235 East 42nd Street, which is Pfizer's headquarters. And I was bringing my, my grief with me. Like I spent maybe six weeks back in Nashville after her passing on June the 5th. And then I was back to work and trying to, you know, pretend like I wasn't still, you know, struggling with my grief and having to go in and make a presentation to my VP wasn't realistic. And so I had to, one, and I think we have to do this as women, we have to give ourselves grace. We have to know that when we experience something, it's only when we extrapolate the knowledge from that experience that what we learn becomes wisdom. So we're able to do life better. And you can't get to that place if you're acting like you're so strong and you're so perfect and you're so put together that nothing phases you because that's not the way that life works. And so I think we have to one, give ourselves that grace, but then we also have to say that when we come to an obstacle or or a roadblock from a professional standpoint, when we get that no when we wanted it to be yes, that that no always leads to a better yes. It only positions us 
for our next opportunity. So when we're facing whatever it is that we're facing, we're able to have a different perspective because one, we're, we're giving ourselves grace, but we also have this perspective of if that thing didn't work out, that only means there's something better down the road. And whatever I'm supposed to learn in this experience, I need to be wise enough to extrapolate all of the learnings out of it. So when I get to that better yes, I show up wiser. And right. so I think, you know, those are the two things that have really, really helped me. And we, we work through that, you know, in my professional coaching program, because it's all a part of how you show up. You, you really can't dissect it because you can't dissect you, right? You, you right. show up with all of you, um, whether we admit it or not. So that's kind of how I infuse it um, in my one-on-one coaching. That was amazing. That was a word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just was going like, to ask hopefully one. I'm not, hopefully I'm not too off script. Let me know if I'm like going too long or, or, or too deep because I love all the questions that you're, that you're asking. I, I love this stuff. So I could talk about it forever. <laughs> that was perfect. I was going to ask what one could gain from your coaching service, but you just dropped at least 15 gems for us. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. No, and we are in the midst of, of a rebrand. And so um, right now, everything is at Style by Brit. So I, I shared with you, you know, I started out with fashion. So style made sense. Uh, when I pivoted, um, God dropped this acrostic on me, um, strategically tailoring your leadership elevation, which has been great. And I've been running with that. But um, we're in the midst of really really wanting to make a more expansive impact and really have more of um, not just a one-on-one -on -one touch point to the group coaching, but more of kind of cultivating a community for diverse millennial talent. So we're rebranding to career thrivers. And so we're in the midst of launching the platform and really um, building out a really a place where people can, you know, have those in-person interactions and connections and really get the professional development that we need because oftentimes it's nuanced. Like I love John C. Maxwell, but he can't tell me how to show up as a black woman in the workplace because that's yeah. not his experience. His, his writing doesn't come from that perspective. And so we want to be able to offer, you know, professional de development curriculum that speaks to diverse millennials so that we are able to really show up as our best selves and, and organizations then can retain our talent and promote us so that they're more inclusive seats at the table. So really excited about what's to come. Awesome. Um, so I see that you have a book coming out in November of this year. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what it will focus on? Yeah, so it will focus on a lot of what we, we've talked about. So um, I'm going to deal with um, grit, grief, and grace and how when we really have uh, what, I'll, what I'll be calling kind of good grief, that it will lead to greater grace. And so it'll really be a book, really a guide about how to thrive through personal and professional loss. So not just the loss of a family member, but the loss of a career opportunity, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a business, because sometimes we have such a narrow viewpoint and definition of grief and we don't recognize, and I'll be talking about this in the book, my first experience with grief where I I shouldn't say first experience because I had lost family members before. Mm -hmm. So I should say my first experience with grief outside of losing someone was the loss of a, of a, 
promotion opportunity. And I didn't realize I was grieving because I didn't have the language for it. I thought grief was only when you, you lost the person you love. Um, but my husband was like, something is going on with you and you need to get it together. So now I know that, you know, I, I, I was grieving during that time. I was grieving the loss of that, you know, experience. And so that's what I'll be, be delving more into and, and hopefully helping people to thrive through. Okay. That's amazing. Um, so finally, like one of our wrap up questions is, um, what piece of advice would you give to young ladies who want to pursue their dreams? Ooh, great question. Let's see. Piece of advice to young women that want to pursue their dreams. I would say, um, number one is to truly tap into your gifts. And, you know, if you are a believer, I would, you know, urge you to really, really um, strengthen your walk with God to um, have a deeper understanding of who he is in your life and how he shows up through you so that he can really take what he's already deposited in you. Because oftentimes we're looking for things that are all great, like we're pre package with purpose. It's not something that you find. It's not something that you read a book about and you're like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. No, 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 no. We are born into this world with purpose. And so I think it's this almost self-discovery, which again, and I, I just love Marshawn because she has her book um, that I want to share with you all. And I think I may have shared it earlier, but it's called Believe Bigger. It really walks you through and gives language to how to discover the path to your life purpose. Um, and, it, and it's just, it's inner work. And so I would say, you know, that would be my, my biggest piece of advice. And then just going back to giving yourself grace, know that there really isn't a such thing as an overnight success. Like even people that we look at, like I can think of two of my most favorite, you know, online influencers that have, you know, very successful, profitable businesses. They've been doing that work for over a decade. <laughs> like yeah. some people have just discovered them, but they've been in their lane, sharpening their iron, getting better at what they do, investing in coaching, investing in resources for over a decade, which is why they have a big following, which is why they have so many clients, which is why, you know, they have the presence that they have. And so I think sometimes social media can give us this impression that people just, you know, they just wake up like this. <laughs> so give yourself grace do the work, tap into your gifts, and get to know your creator on a deeper level. That'd be the advice I would give. Okay, Brittany. So now we're going to get into our um, special segment where we just do like a rapid round of questions for you. Um, okay. The first one is, I know you had mentioned that you try to read at least two books a quarter. Um, what are some books that you would recommend to our following? Yes. Yeah, so I would definitely say... Um, Carla Harris has one expect to win where she really talks about um, showing up as your authentic self. We hear that as a buzzword, but she really unpacks that to help us really learn what that means. I mentioned Marshawn Evans Daniels book, uh, believe bigger. I think it's a must for everybody, not just women. Um, and then the third one that I'll share is called atomic habits. It's by James clear. And he talks about how tiny changes make expansive, remarkable results. Um, and so he really kind of walks through how do you break old habits and create new ones. Oh, and let me give you one other one for the, the entrepreneurs out there, the business owners out there. I think Profit First is a must read. Um, and I can't remember the author of that one, but it's called Profit First. That's a great one as well. 
Nice. And last question is, um, if you could hang out with one boss woman for a day, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, my goodness. One boss woman. Oh, I have to say the woman that's on my vision board, uh, Michelle Obama. I think she is just epitome of style and grace. She's married and she doesn't, you know, she, she, she and her husband have a good balance of showing up and shining at, like my husband and I um, call it. Um, and I think, she, I just think she's phenomenal. So I, I would definitely say Michelle Obama. <laughs> okay. I would definitely say her too. <laughs> <laughs> Forever first lady. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope you had a great time. We will have all thank your you information. Of course. Um, for our listeners out there, all of our millennial girls, we'll have all of Brittany's information, where to find her on our website, as well as our episode notes. So we hope you guys enjoy.